What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and happy Monday. We hope you had a fantastic weekend. And we're back in the podcast with Mark chapter 12. Yep. And like we've, like we've said the last few podcasts regarding this, the Gospel of Mark, every chapter is just chock full of stories, powerful yeah. scripture, um, really very revealing statements theologically. Like, what do you do with this? How does this apply to me? What do I learn about God? What mm-hmm. do I learn about myself? So mm-hmm. with it, we're going to do a little bit more of a shotgun approach to Mark 12 and just touch a little bit of everything in this chapter. Um, one of the parts that stuck out to us immediately was just paying taxes to Caesar. Mm-hmm. And really, that if you can imagine in your mind what this conversation looked like, there's a whole different group of people there, multiple groups of people there. And there's a hidden agenda. And the hidden agenda is simply we want to catch Jesus. We want to make him look bad and say something to which he's going to get in big trouble. Whether it's with the Gentile people, the Jewish people, the Roman people, we just want him to say something that will get him in hot water. Mm -hmm. And so they ask him the question, you know, who who are we supposed to pay taxes to? Are we supposed to give our money to God or are we supposed to give our money to Caesar? And Jesus, as always, gives a very... um, profound response. And Bobby, do you want to read verses 15, 16, and 17 Mm -hmm. for us? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to trap me? He asked. Bring me a denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, whose portrait is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said to them, give Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. And they were amazed at him. So Jesus, again, acknowledging, like, look, there's a governmental authority here. We need to acknowledge it and honor it and follow the laws and follow the rules. And most importantly, just continue to represent God well. Mm -hmm. Um, This is also brought up in Peter's writings and Paul's writings. Romans 13 talks about how we're supposed to handle Uh, governing authorities. I'll read you verses uh, 6 and 7 from Romans 13. Uh, It's also talking about taxes again. It says, This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants, who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. And if honor, then honor. Mm -hmm. And so just to put this in in, uh, a proper framework for you again, at this time, when Paul is writing Romans, Nero is the leader of Rome. Nero hated Christians. He uh, There's this great fire that burned down the majority of Rome in 64 AD. And uh, Nero is suspected to be the one who lit the fire. He is the one who is supposedly the one who com- committed the arson. Mm-hmm. And this guy comes back and just blames it all on the Christians. And he, he puts the blame on them because he hated them. And so not only did he burn them at the stake, not only did he... Uh, behead them, but he also had some really heinous stuff. He was having orgies with Christians impaled and lit on fire, and they would be the ones that provided light for the room while all these evil acts were done. And Paul's writing this saying, submit to your governing authorities, pay taxes to him, and just remember ultimately that you're representing God in his kingdom. And so with this, I think as Bobby and I were talking, we'll spend more time probably in another podcast hashing this out, but the underlying question then is at what point do we not submit to governing authorities? So in this, Paul's talking about taxes. Uh, Peter in 1 Peter 2, um, 13 through 14, 13 through 17, says something very similar. 
is talking about living godly lives in the pagan society. And he says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor, who has a supreme authority, or to the governors, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it's God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves or servants. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God and honor the emperor. And so again, there's this point where, yeah, where our allegiance is to Christ. Um, we're supposed to live submissively to the governor. But there are times where uh, the, the governmental rules and policies do contradict God's way, God's law. And there is a time for us to speak up and to say, hey, ultimately my allegiance is to Christ and to his kingdom and uh, and not to you government. And so just some biblical examples of that before we transition. And we can hash this out some more another time. Exodus 1 Pharaoh gives the decree to kill all the babies. The midwives do not. There's two of them that do not. And that's how you get the story of Moses. Joshua mm. 2, the king gives a decree uh, to catch these spies and ultimately want to kill them. And Rahab hides the two Israel spies in her house, helps them out through the window, and she's saved. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there's a decree that you can only pray to um, the pagan king. And they say, nope, we're only going to pray to God. Acts 4, you look at the early church where people are told you cannot preach and speak about Jesus anymore. And uh, Peter and John get out of prison and they continue to preach the gospel. And in Acts 5, they just straight up say we're to obey God, not man, when it comes to what we can say and what we can't say. Because this is in direct violation of God's call for us as Christians. So we can talk about that more later, but that's one of the things that stuck out to us. Now looking through the rest of Mark, uh, there's other things that come up that stuck out to Bobby and I. Yeah, I think we've talked many times, lots of people, about uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 18 through 27, when um, Jesus is responding about this question in uh, marriage and the resurrection. Again, this is a question from the Sadducees, so they're kind of trying to kind of trying to ensnare Jesus or just kind of trying to get him to mess up really because Jesus has given all of these answers to these questions that if you're reading they leave people amazed they leave people full of wonder and so they're still trying to trip him up with this question and um it's about this story of a husband and wife and um the and the law at the time and so I'll, I'll go ahead and read a part of it to you so this is in verse 19 Teacher, they said, Moses wrote to us that if a man, a man's brother dies and leaves a wife with no children, the man must marry the, oh, yeah, marry the widow and have, oh, I messed it up. Moses wrote (laughs) for us that if a man, man's brother dies and leaves a wife, but no children, the man must marry the widow and have children with his brother. And so that's kind of the premise of this. And then it goes on, there's seven brothers. So that's a lot of, um, testosterone, death, and then no children, death, and then no children, death. And so then their question is at the resurrection, then whose wife will she be since the seven were married to her? And then this is Jesus response. Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? This is verse 25. When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. And so why this is significant, and even for my own heart, it was just kind of like, man, we spend our lifetime with these people, with our husband, with this family, and then um, death seems to be this thing that 
that separates and Mm -hmm. now in heaven, you know, what's it going to be like? And so there's no a hundred percent, you know, clear, like, oh, this is what it is. We know exactly. Uh, But Jesus gives us this picture now that all of our intimacies and all of our ecstasies, that's what the message version says, will be with God. Mm -hmm. And so there's this saying, I think it's in an old hymn that says, we actually don't go from life to death now because our lives are hidden in Christ. We go from life to life. And so what that means is that we're used to living in this natural life here on earth, but we are going to be living in a resurrection supernatural life where we're going to have these tertiary bodies that um, that we're still going to have capacity for relationship. And it's actually going to be a relationship at a much higher level. Yeah. We're still going to have the capacity uh, for adventure and fun and for enjoy. Like it's all just at an exponentially higher level. And so... All that's to say, what gives me peace when I read about this is that I know that God has a significant spot for me in heaven. That's what Jesus says. He says, I prepare, I go to prepare a place for you. And not only is that spot going to be right next to him, but there's um, going to be thousands and thousands of people, including our family members, including our people that we don't even know yet, people that are going to be from all tribes, nations, tongues. Um, and so relationships, human relationships are going to be there. Yeah. And so the hope that I draw from that is that we'll have uh, relationships that are going to be just actually like the picture of marriage, but even better because yeah. there's not going to be any brokenness and there's not going to be any sin in heaven. There's not going to be sadness and tears. It's just going to be the glory of God among us and with us. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of a little bit on that one. And I, I think that's something we come back to a lot just when we talk with people about what what heaven could look like and what a fun thing to dream about and, mm-hmm. and to wonder. Um, and, and there's also like an underlying thought and maybe even fear of like, wait, when we get to heaven, am I going to recognize Bobby and Kirby, Cal, Kit and Quinn and my other family members? And I think the answer is, yeah, definitely. And I think that the intimacy we have on earth, like Bobby said, will be exponentially greater in heaven. But I still think you're going to have a very special relationship with these people because yeah. this passage is saying there's just simply not going to be new weddings in heaven. But it yeah. doesn't mean that your time on earth just goes to, to not, and it doesn't right. matter. I think that it will matter. Um, to what extent? I don't mm-hmm. know. But God's good, and heaven's going to be sweet. And then as you kind of keep marching down the chapter, um, you hear Jesus talking about what's the most important What's the most important commandment. Um, then we hear about the widow's offering, and that's kind of the one that we'll leave you with to, um, for the day is that, Um, This is Mark chapter 12, starting in verse 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a widow, a poor widow, came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave, they all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything, all she had to live on. Um, And the picture that just stuck out to me um, was in the very last sentence. She put in everything, all she had to live on. Um, I'm going to just say the Lord kind of is impressing on me that it's it's easy to give when you have a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy to give when you don't have much. And this Jesus is calling attention to this. And she's he's saying she's given everything. So please continue to give out of your wealth. Please continue to give when you're able. And then um, when life is really difficult, and this is, you know, with your finances or just within life, 
um, stay obedient. Yeah. So when life is really difficult and you're in an impoverished setting, when life is really difficult and you don't have health, when life is really difficult and you don't have money, when life is really difficult and you don't have family support, stay obedient, Mm -hmm. surrender to me, put everything in. And so that's kind of what stuck out to me there from the widow. Yeah. So, so are we giving you a lot today from Mark 12? And uh, hopefully you're able to read this yourself and, and process it and think it over and say, Holy Spirit, what part of this do you want me to lean into today, pray into, and, and really apply to my life? So uh, thanks for tuning in. We are grateful for you and, and allowing this podcast to continue. We hope you have a fantastic week. God bless you guys. Bye-bye. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance towards you and give you His peace. Have a great day.